0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, Andre Heydash. He's a WordPress consultant specializing in membership sites, online courses, and learning management systems. Welcome to the show, Andre.
1: Hi everyone. Nice to meet you, and thanks for having me.
0: I'm really excited to talk to you today. Before we built Lifter LMS, I was in the agency space. I started as a freelancer, and then I turned it into an agency, and then I turned it into a product company but the um, the niche everything changed for me when I started focusing on the online course, the membership site, the LMS niche specifically around teaching, like courses is like the fundamental building block. Um, how did you get how did you decide to focus in on that area of WordPress instead of being a generalist website builder? I can build all kinds of things
1: yeah, so I kind of uh, let me go back a little bit, so I kind of started. Uh, freelancing and doing my own thing about, I would say, two and a half years ago. And I was having some projects, I still do, but uh, I wanted to, to attract better clients and to be able to provide more value and also to increase my, uh, my income. And so uh, a lot of people in marketing space uh, tell that you have to niche down. And uh, I'm also a member of Codable.io, and I saw this like trend that a lot of people were uh, coming to Codable to get help with their membership and LMS sites. And I thought that this is an interesting niche. Uh, it requires quite some skills. It's more difficult in my opinion than building just regular brochure sites. Uh, probably more responsibility as well uh, from the developer. So I th- saw this trend and I thought, hey, I. I don't know uh, what niche to pick. Let me just see if this one works for me. And I just picked it and never looked back since. <laughs> so this is how, kind of how it started out.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, like a brochure site is like a marketing for the business, but an LMS site or a course site, membership site is the business. So it does come with yeah. a lot of responsibility, but also the clients value it more. And they really want like a specialist. As opposed to like a generalist who's like really familiar with the space or invested in doubling down on the space. How do you um, just when I'm just curious from your experience at Codable and on your own and everything. How do you I find like the words cause issues with people like they like the word membership site or online course or learning management system. I find when I'm talking to people I kind of have to sift through like what they're trying to do to figure out like what they actually need. Mm-hmm. How do you uh how do you differentiate like membership from learning management system or online course? So
1: uh those things uh sometimes uh like work together but they are also different. So membership is essentially uh where somebody just becomes a member and usually pays a recurring fee for being a member, uh, and an LMS it's more like a system that allows you to structure your courses, your uh, lessons, modules, uh, quizzes, and everything like that. In, like it allows you to structure and organize all that kind of all that kind of content. And yeah, as I said, they sometimes work t- together and uh course is basically like a series of uh lessons probably sometimes with some uh, assignments things like that so yeah but those things uh i feel like membership sites uh is still very broad because uh like i had one project where it was like a membership site but it was also it was also an e-commerce site where members could rent uh, a piece of uh, a few pieces of clothing so it wasn't like a typical membership site in the sense of like Uh, having uh, providing courses and learning materials so i still feel like membership is still very very broad yeah but that's basically the difference between that i see between LMS and membership and courses
0: yeah i think that i think that's a really good way to say it you said um memberships where somebody is paying a subscription for recurring access to something and it it may not be courses it could be um you know, like a subscription box service that comes in the mail. It could be like the ability to have your business listed in some kind of directory, or whatever. It, it, so it's the membership site space is big because there's lots of use cases for that. And training is just kind of sits under that. So I think that's helpful for people to think through. Sometimes I see people um, get in trouble when they or. I should say like, sometimes I see people come in building a membership site, but what they really need is the LMS mm-hmm. and the, um, the membership site. Then they start thinking about all these things like, Oh, I need, um, like a student dashboard. I need progress tracking. I need certificates. I need a quiz plugin. And then they, they kind of come at it a little funky. Whereas, oh. um, uh, cause they're just there, they got this word membership site in their head, but it, it's, it's just there's a lot of nuances to it. So I wanted to encourage you, the listener, to really think through what you're trying to build. And if I could wave a magic wand, I, re- I recommend if you're going to do a training based membership site that you do a um, you can do a course first. Because if you get the confidence from doing a course and if you work with somebody like Andre to like, get the site up, get your course up. Then you can think about adding a membership on top, maybe doing more courses, adding other benefits like private coaching or whatever. Cause sometimes when you build a membership site from day one, it's a lot of work. And if you like we have grand plans for um, you know, this coaching empire, expert empire, but it's more of a process than an event, the launch. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think uh that some people might be missing is that with membership site uh, for people to keep paying you they have to get some kind of recurring value i would say on a monthly or weekly basis and so yeah for many people it's just better to build a, a course because they're not prepared or not confident enough to to keep on uh producing more content or whatever it is and uh to keep uh the to keep adding value to their basically their customers so and also another interesting way to to do this is well there are two two ways that i can think of is one is like uh, as adam from wp crafter has he has this uh you can he has all of these courses i believe and i think you can buy either one course like it's a one one time uh fee or you can become a member where you actually actually get access to i think all of his courses by becoming a member you don't have to pay pay for them so on somebody like st- maybe starts with the course and then he creates more courses he can kind of mix them two to, uh, together. And another interesting model that I can think of is from WP Elevation. What they have is like a course plus membership. So for those of you who don't know, it's like a program uh, for WordPress consultants, WordPress developers that help them uh, just become a better better at their marketing and business. But what they have is, because uh, I've talked to, to their support team, is that uh, they, they have like this course that you get access to uh, for whatever the price is, and then uh, then for the following months, you, you can uh, you can pay a membership fee and you can get access to the, to the community, maybe to some other lessons, I'm not sure. And so it starts with the course, but then you, you get additional value with the membership and being a member. So these are just two, two interesting models that people can think of that might be helpful and I think it all comes down to basically listening to your uh, customers and figuring out what they want, asking questions and providing the most value.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I I just want to touch on from the business side, what you're talking about, if you do like a high-end course, like WP Elevation, well, I don't know how much it costs, but if it were like a $500, a thousand, two thousand, whatever, or even more for the course, there's also often this opportunity for an ongoing smaller amount membership for... Whatever it is, 30 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, they're not they are not having to lay out this big transformational program price for the big course anymore. They're just doing that once. But then they get the community, the forums, maybe some mini courses and other things. And that, that process helps create that recurring value and um, expansion revenue in your business. So it's not just, you don't become launch dependent. Like, I got to do another launch for my course. There's also this Building recurring revenue in your model.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm not sure, but sometimes what you see is, uh, for example, if if you buy a course, uh, you get access to certain materials. But sometimes courses can also be updated with new uh, new lessons, or some lessons can be can be swapped out, and new lessons can be added. And so some businesses, what they do is that. Uh, if you buy a course and then you're still a member, you you get access to these new materials that were added. But if you're if you're not a member, you just get access to this initial uh, like initial lessons that you you got first. So this is also something that some people do. So if if somebody is thinking about creating like a course membership combined model, this is this might be a good idea if you plan on adding new lessons to to your course on let's say regularly. Might be also a good idea to
0: structure it this way. Yeah, another another thing too, just to give people is uh, one of the easiest things you can add to give recurring revenue to your membership site. You've got the course, but if you want to add like a recurring revenue uh, that which comes from recurring value, probably the absolute simplest thing you can add is a monthly office hour kind of ask me anything call. <laughs> if you're an expert in the space, you don't have to prepare for that. You've already become an expert. Um, it's not like you have to create this big content or organize this joint webinar with another expert. You can do all those things, but just making yourself available for an hour in a Zoom meeting or a webinar format to just help people out is probably the easiest way I know to add recurring value.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do that from our space. Like they have this, this like group coaching uh, like programs. Uh, like Chris Do, Chris Doe from the future. And I think Jonathan Stark has this program. So if somebody is in our, let's say, space design development, they probably heard of these names. So yeah, and if you're an expert, exa- exactly, just like you said, you, you've you already put in your 10,000 hours, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you already mastered it. So it's, you can just answer the questions easily because you have all this experience. And it's also cool because... Uh, well you can't maybe work with 100 people at a time but you can just work maybe between 5 and 10 people and you can better leverage your time you don't have to like you're selling still your time but you can add more people as long as you keep as you, as, as long as you can provide them all value on this one hour call or whatever and you can just kind of leverage your expertise and not 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 just get paid for your time per se like per hour but also leverage your your experience Yeah
0: that's that, awesome. Yeah. One of the things I spend a lot of time doing just talking to people who want to build training-based membership sites or courses is um, I try to give them the simplest solution to what they're trying to do, especially if they're at the very beginning. Where do you see in your work people kind of getting into trouble or overcomplicating things or making poor like choices on software or, or other hardware content, whatever? Like, Where do people get into trouble from your perspective?
1: Yeah, that's that's actually a good uh, question. Um, so I think that people get into trouble is that uh, so with all these like training videos on YouTube and whatever, everything seems so easy to kind of like just install a plugin, add this thing in, add, add that thing in, and in like three days you have this great website with an LMS membership and social network and whatever. But what happens in reality, like even even experts, not just regular like people, uh, they usually get in trouble. Uh, What I see is that they try to overcomplicate things at the very beginning. Uh, So they they have this crazy idea on their mind with this complex website, and they try to make it all work together. And usually, first of all, it's overwhelming because you're still new to this space. So even just creating a simple membership site can be quite challenging. (laughs) But when you got, when you start adding these all other plugins and pieces of functionality, is is it just becomes so overwhelming? People get stressed, and it's much more difficult to, to get the website uh, basically launched. Plus, you uh, you kind of postpone the the launch date because if you were to start like let's say leaner and with less technology, you would be able to launch the site earlier and and. Hopefully it will already make some money before you start adding new pieces of functionality. And another thing is that people overcomplicate things and what I often uh, say to people is that you don't need to add all these features uh, if you don't know that your members will want them. Why would you pay for these licenses, these plugins, spend so much time and effort uh, building these features or even pay an expert to, to build these features? If you if they may may not be needed because your uh, customers may, may not like it. So, I try to uh, suggest people so that they can they start very lean, like have the minimum uh, pieces of functionality that they need. And then once the website like gets going, you get some uh, members there. You can start talking to them, seeing what what they like, what they don't like, what needs to be changed, what kind of features you can add. And then it's it's. Uh, easier to figure out what you need to add and you can uh, spend your money more wisely and provide more value to your customers. So yeah, that's that's, that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, people tend to try to pack too much into the first release. I mean, I'm just thinking about it as a software company at Lifter LMS, where we have our groups add-on, which we're working on, which allows course creators and membership site creators to sell into organizations in volume and provide like an experience for a group inside the platform which is something people have been asking for for a long time but um we had to perfect and work on the the one course experience first before we get in a group so by launching i mean the software has been around for five years if we had waited to launch until we had this group functionality i mean it would have, it would just taken a long time but we went into it got in contact with our customers and what they wanted, they just tell us, and what they like, what they don't like, what they want to improve. Um, it's more exactly. of a conversation. I like to say uh, um, it's not about a launch. It's an, a launch is an event, but it, what it's more about is the process. So what's your process for innovation and developing in concert with your community? I'm yeah, on, your, I'm I'm on your site, Andre, and um, that's at andre.space, A-N-D-R-I-Y.space. And one of the things I really love about what you're laying out, I mean, you specialize in helping people build out online courses, training-based membership sites. And um, you have in your how can I help you, you lay out your process, which I think the do-it-yourselfer will often skip. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love how you're educating on this. And I'm just going to read these out. You have a discovery call, number one. Number two, you have a strategy and a plan part. Then you get into the number three, which is the execution. Number four, you get into the testing. I don't know how many people I see launch a site without testing it. Number <laughs> five is you launch it. And number six, you look into future growth and maintenance. Tell us about your process. Like, how did you develop it? And I, that, to me, looks rock solid. I mean, if you get a discovery and the strategy wrong, the execution doesn't matter because you, you might be heading down the wrong path. But how did you develop this?
1: Well, I would say that this process is uh, is like universal. It's not unique to, ju- to just membership size. So I think uh, the way I developed it is based on my experience and just building projects for these different clients of mine. And so, well, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's rock solid, but it also makes sense in my mind uh, because, well, first you have to figure out What's the end result, and that's why the, the the first call is important. You talk to the client, you see what their uh, how they what their vision for the website is, uh, what they want to achieve business wise, not just not just features and things like that, but also uh, like what's their vision in general. And then once you once you uh, see it and once you know it, you can kind of advise a little bit from your experience what what may be a good idea to do, what may not be a good idea to do, uh, and then you can. Well, basically, whatever you want to achieve in life, I think you have to create a plan, right? So (laughs) even though if if you don't end up executing it exactly step by step, it still gives you a good direction And because things happen, like obstacles happen all the time. And yeah, and then you just execute the plan, see see how it's working. Uh, Hopefully everything will go right and you launch it and see how it's performing. Hopefully people will join and then you can just kind of, yeah, you can just kind of develop from that. That's that's basically
0: that's basically it. That's awesome. Well, I want to get into um, you talk a little bit about who your services are not for, and for other people who are out there thinking about building sites for their clients or doing introspection on themselves. I love that you highlight four kind of red flag areas that that um, aren't the best fit for you, and and if and if this is if you're building a site for yourself, these are also important to look at. You said, uh, well, just tell us why you don't want to work with people who don't want, who are in the get rich quick mindset
1: Well, I think those people uh, don't have realistic expectations and and they just aren't that committed and I mean, I think it happens a lot of time these days because of this whole social media promises and ads and things like like that people uh i'm i mean i'm guilty, I'm probably guilty of this myself partially as well, but people they, they don't set realistic expectations and they think that, hey, I buy this course or I get this idea and I will just, in three months, I will make a million dollars or whatever. And it, well, maybe one 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 person in like thousand maybe can pull it off, but for almost everyone, uh, it's, it's not realistic. And so I think that these people are not realistic with their expectations uh, and that's why I don't want... Want to work with them because I want to work with people only only people who I can help, who I can uh, add value to and contribute, and be a partner with uh, in their project and not just you know they, they just pay me like whatever a low fee and I just quickly create a site for them and then they try to to make it <laughs> make a huge amount of money. I don't I don't believe in that approach. That's why I don't I don't want
0: to work with those people. What about idea chasers? What are they?
1: Oh, those are people who, so so basically, uh, people who, I don't know, see an ad, let's say on Facebook or Instagram, and they see, oh, I should start, I don't know, a, a marketing agency. And then, oh, I should maybe do dropshipping. And then, oh, I should maybe do something else. And those are people who are just seeing these all all cool ads and promises. And they they think that it will work. And in theory, it makes sense, but they just don't go deep and don't commit to this one thing to make it work. And and I don't want to to work with those people. Plus, uh, if I start working with those people and they, let's say, they want to build a membership site and like one month in, they they see a dropshipping ad and they no, let's let's build a dropshipping site, And I've already put in all, all this work. It's like it's not a good situation for anyone. That's why I'd rather just just say no to those people
0: yeah that's awesome i mean it's about building a technology partnership a membership site i mean it is the business it's not like a one and done thing yeah, it, yeah. um what are deal chasers and and why are they b- not a good fit for you <laughs> yeah
1: those are basically people who are looking just for the cheapest price uh first of all i don't want to be the cheapest person on the market i want to be one of the most valuable person and provide my uh knowledge to people who who value it and and I don't want to work with them because everything, all that's important to them is, is basically the price and the first question that they ask you when they just come to your website is, hey, I need this, how much do you charge? And I don't see the value in it. And it's also difficult to work with them because you don't even get to to a discovery call with them and you can't even give them a, realist, a realistic price and timeline and expectations because you don't really know what their their vision for the project is, their problems are etc so i don't think that i can really help those people as well
0: all right there's one more and that's people who are too busy what is that all about that you don't yeah, so, want to, you want to avoid people that are quote too busy
1: yeah so some people I, I don't think they are as as common as the previous categories but those are people who are like uh oh let me send you like uh, a a document with with all the features that i need and just go and build it and uh, if you know anything about uh, basically any any website you need you need ongoing communication with clients because things might change you may need uh, to ask some questions etc and it's it also tells me that if somebody is too busy to to focus and stay committed on the project, the project is not valuable to, to them so why would I even take their money and spend my time helping them trying to help them if they don't, they are not even committed so
0: yeah that's a that's the bane of website builders existence is often some people call it the content problem like getting content from clients yeah. is actually the hardest thing cuz what exactly. what it is is if you're building an online course or membership site the website is the business and you may think of it as like okay it's a business in a box i'm going to buy it i'm going to buy some software i'm going to buy somebody to implement it for me but you still have to put stuff in the box you have to like give people like exactly. photography of you maybe or uh um you know definitely video content that's a whole thing creating the actual content that goes in the course so it's a it's really a partnership it's not like you pay the money and then come back and you just have a functioning business
1: yeah plus i plus i also want to work with people who well i i as i uh as i've been working as a developer for almost like five and a half years i've gained some knowledge and i I know some things, not to sound arrogant, but I know some things better than, than some people who don't have that experience. And I usually try to help people, uh, based on my knowledge, make the best decisions. And some people just, you know, they just don't don't value it. So I, I, I uh, want to be like a partner, like a consultant, not just an order taker, because I believe then I can provide much more value and sometimes save some money uh, for those people or help them avoid some mistakes or things like that.
0: I think that's really smart. I mean, I've done a lot of work as a web agency owner and working with a lot of clients. And when the client treats you like a trusted advisor, it's it goes much better. Especially if you have a bunch of experience, and you know, the client is often the expert in what they, um, you know, what they know, what their expertise is. But they're not necessarily an expert in website development, plugin selection. Uh, marketing, e-commerce, all that stuff. Like, they, a good client, a quote good client, would like lean on the expert. Unless they happen to be like a marketing expert, then maybe they should. They can also, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they take the lead on the strategy there. But it's, um, yeah, it's a it's a partnership. You also mentioned like you do you like to work with people who have an existing audience. Uh, why is that important? Like do you believe that you should build an audience first before like launching a site or a program or it's just easier to work with you if that's the case or what do you think?
1: It's uh, not that it's a uh, an absolute requirement, but I feel like uh, people that have an audience, so I treat audience as an asset. And so once you have an audience, uh, especially if they trust you and they have already bought something from you, uh, it's it's going to be much easier to to make the membership site uh, or the course site profitable because people already know that you you can you provide a lot of value to them and that they can trust you and that's why I, I said that i want to work with people who have an audience it doesn't mean that if somebody doesn't have an audience uh, the website can't work it's just that it it's probably going to take much more time to to get the return on investment uh, unless you're willing maybe to spend like huge amounts of money on ads and yeah that's that's basically why i think having an audience an audience is important and on that note i think having an audience is also great you, not in, not just for membership size but in general because once you have an audience you you start talking to them, to them start seeing what problems they have uh, you can then try to uh, offer solutions to their pro- problems and package them as courses or products or whatever so uh, once you have an audience you can just kind of like build your let's say business or your offer around their problems and uh, almost all audiences have some kind of problem so it's almost like it's hard to lose in that situation versus when you have an offer you don't have an audience and you try to sell it and it doesn't always work you know so that's how i see it
0: yeah that's a super good point i mean if you're one of the ways i slice and dice it when i'm talking to people is Is this like an established expert, like a speaker, author, coach, whatever, already moving with uh, their expertise? Or is this a side project around their passion or whatever? Um, The audience. Yes. Yep. Can you not hear me? I got you. Can you still hear me? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We just had a little glitch. No no biggie. Um, I was just saying that um, if somebody is doing a side hustle and it's a passion project, and maybe they they have a great job or whatever, but on their side hustle, if they don't have an audience yet, there's mm-hmm. a lot more friction to getting to success as there is if you're already established. Maybe you're a personal trainer and you want to teach fitness on the internet. Like You are, you already at least have like a crew of people, even if it's small, that you can sell to and you're already kind of zen with your customer, which zen- I think is super important. Plus,
1: plus, people who launch a membership site, they're going to have to marketing and, and build an audience anyway if they after they launch it so why not choose the approach of building an audience first and then uh yeah basically trying to sell them something by and helping them i think it's it's more uh, it's less ri- risky i would say well
0: what's a what's a pro tip you have for somebody who's thinking about hiring an a freelancer an agency to work with them like what questions should they be asking when they're exploring options that maybe they're, that's not obvious? Like what what are some, how does somebody, what should somebody look for when they're um, hiring somebody to help them with their membership site? I think
1: the the most important thing is
0: uh, asking about past results
1: and past projects, Uh, especially if the agency or the developer has done projects in a very similar or, or the exact same niche. As 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 the client is, uh, so because you don't want to spend a lot of money on uh, on the project and work with somebody you don't trust, and social proof is probably the biggest uh, the biggest uh, I would say factor that uh, comes in when when you try to build trust. Another another questions are probably I don't know maybe. Uh, like technical questions, uh, just to make sure what they're do- doing, may ask them if they are doing also marketing or they just do a website. And you have to ask questions uh, to set clear expectations, like what this project might cost us and what are realistic timelines and what obstacles might come along. And if you ask these questions, you kind of uh, you kind of see how the, the uh, developer or the agency if, if they are experienced in in this area or not, because if they are, they're probably going to tell you that hey, this this might be the problems. This is what is going to cost roughly, and this is what the timeline might be. So I would say things like that. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, Andre Haydash, he's at Andre. Space A N D R I Y. Dot space. Um, is there any other final words you have for the people, or anything they should go do to connect with you?
1: Uh, I think they can just go to my website if they need direct work or uh, they can just uh, search on YouTube for my YouTube channel. Uh, that's It's also under space and uh, I have a Facebook group. I will link those to a YouTube channel, a Facebook group soon on my website. I just didn't have time to do it yet. So, but the best way, if you want to just connect uh, with me, say hi, just, you can just send me an email or, uh, through my uh, application form on the website. I read those daily. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Andre, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing how you evolve and, and your YouTube channel and everything. And uh, thanks so much for coming.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been, it's been a great talk and I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.